God designed us for life, an abundant life with Him and with one another. But there's a problem. Someone has taken our life. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. We're missing out on life like God intended because we go looking for life in all the wrong places. But there is a solution to this problem. Jesus said he came so that we may have life and have it in abundance. That's why Cross United Church exists, to help people find life like God intended. We believe life like God intended happens when three things are united in our lives. When we're brought to God in wholehearted worship through the cross of Jesus Christ, when we're brought together in authentic community, when we're deployed on the joyful mission that God has for us in the world, we experience fullness of life. Life like God intended, united in wholehearted worship, authentic community, and joyful mission is why Cross United Church exists. Hey, Cross United, so glad you've joined us for this online message. It's Pastor Danny here. I want to invite you to turn or tap in your Bible or your app to John 15, verses 9 through 17. While you're turning there, I want to remind you to go to crossunited.org, and there you can click on the top left-hand side of the menu bar, Online Check-In. That's our digital connection card. We would love to get to know you a little bit better, for you to get to know us a little bit better. Also there at crossunited.org, on the top right-hand side of the menu bar is is the giving tab that takes you to our secure online giving platform where um, you can set up recurring giving you can give um, financially and uh, we are a new church so we are supported uh, in large part by many partners and sponsors both locally and all across the, the nation individuals and churches but we also are growing and needing to become self-supporting so we thank you for partnering with us in that also want to remind you about the Tiger Book Challenge. We are doing a book drive for Norcrest Elementary School, which is the local elementary school in our area, public elementary school. And we want to give every student, almost 700 students in the school, a book to have to keep. Um, and so if you want to sponsor um, this, you can sponsor a student at $25. You can sponsor a class at $250, or you can sponsor a grade at $1,000. And uh, if you if you can't give it all at one time, you can give it over a course of time. If you give us a pledge that you're going to give, we uh, we will make sure that uh, that 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 that's uh, marked down, and we would love to partner with you in that. Every penny of this is going toward this uh, initiative, so partner with us in that. <clears throat> All right, there in John 15, verses 9 through 17, we're going to be talking about seven keys of true friendship. Now, I did some crowdsourcing on Facebook this past week and on Twitter um, for what people think of when they think of the word friend. And here are a few of the top answers. One of the, one of the first ones was the Michael W. Smith song. You know, friends are friends forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. Um, the, the, the 80s Christian song, Friends. Uh, another big one, obviously, the sitcom, Friends. Um, the, the, the I'll be there for you and that, that, that um, you know, cast of characters. Uh, someone else said, I thought this was funny, um, someone you can text things you wouldn't tweet or post on Facebook. That, that's a person you can send a text message to with something that you wouldn't post uh, publicly. Uh, someone you can have fun with. 
um, enjoy life with. And now getting to the more more serious things, uh, a couple things. For example, uh, someone who's there for you no matter what. And this was a big one. Over and over, this was the sense people gave of, of the sense of loyalty, the sense of presence, someone who's there for you no matter what. This loyal, faithful presence. Um, someone else said, being invited into someone's real, to, to, to share the actual you. Um, honesty, vulnerability. We see these things, enjoying each other, loyalty, presence, honesty, and vulnerability. Um, we need friends. We need friends. We're designed for friendship. Um, this is how God made us. And uh, unfortunately, as we get older and as we grow out of young adulthood into just adulthood, and we start, as they say, adulting, um, we start to, our friendships start to thin out a little bit. Uh, there's a there's a sociology researcher who says this: as people enter middle age, they tend to have more demands on their time, many of them more pressing than friendship. After all, it's easier to put off catching up with a friend than it is to skip your kid's play or an important business trip. The real bittersweet aspect is young adulthood begins with all of this time for friendship and friendship just having this exuberant, profound importance for figuring out who you are and what's next. And at the end, you find, at the end of young adulthood, now you don't have time for the very people who helped you make all these decisions. You know, God cares about friendship. God designed us for friendship. God made up friendship and God actually wants actively wants us to be his friends um, when, when we're brought into friendship with God we can experience the, the the honesty enjoyment vulnerability loyalty and presence that are the stuff of true and real friendships at the root of true friendship is friendship with God at the root of true friendship is a friendship with Jesus. And I know that sounds maybe strange to say, but that's exactly what Jesus does say in the text of Scripture we're going to be looking at in this message. John 15, 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. Now, I know in this passage that friendship doesn't show up until halfway through, but I, I really think it's kind of the key to unlocking what this text is talking about. 
And what we're talking about here is true friendship. And we're going to be seeing seven keys of true friendship. And we're going to see that true friendship begins in friendship with God through Jesus, being friends with Jesus. And as we, we find in, in the earlier part of chapter 15, that as we are brought into union with Christ and united to the true vine, that we are transformed and we have the, the life and the love of Christ empowering our lives and the Holy Spirit living within us. And we begin to grow and we begin to change and we begin to become what God has designed us to be as we turn away from our sin and trust in Christ, repent and believe in the gospel. And, and we see that we're changed and Jesus does this work in us. And we see that in that we are brought into friendship with Jesus so that we can have true, meaningful, honest enjoyable, deep, vulnerable friendships with others. Here's the first key. Number one, love. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. Now, how has the Father loved the Son? Always well, loved the Son in two ways. Eternally, in the eternal life of the triune God, the Father has eternally begotten his son, eternally generated his son without time or without any change or parts or, or any, any disruption in the nature of God. There is this eternal life of God in which the father begets the son, bestowing and giving him the, the nature of life and love. And, and we see in time the father has loving, loved the son in his incarnation that that is he he's sent the son to become a human being to take human nature into his person so that he could be the perfect and sinless god man who would die for us be buried and raised from the dead and that in his incarnation the father has loved the son now jesus says as the father has loved me i have also loved you now he doesn't love us identically to the way the father loves him because that would be impossible but he does love us similarly. He loves us with the love of giving and loving and providing and loyalty and presence and all and, and pleasure and enjoyment, all those things that we think of when we think of friendship. He says, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Remember, this whole passage, this whole section of John, this section started in John 13, this slowdown of the timeline. Chapters 1 through 12 take the place over a number of years. And chapter 13 through 17 take place just over the course of a couple of hours. And here we see this timeline is slowed down and Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. And remember how it started, John 13, verse 1. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world... He loved them to the end. And he tells them that I have loved you as the fathers loved me. I'm going to give my life for you in love so that you then can love, love, and remain in my love. That, that you can abide in my love. This is what friendship with Jesus means. It means to abide, remain in his love. This is not just happenstance. It's not just um, automatic Leslie Newbegin says, they must deliberately return again and again, each day and each moment of the day, to this one true starting point, the love of Christ. 
Conversion is a one-time event where someone is brought through repentance and faith into union with Christ. Their heart is changed and they, they turn from their sin and they trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness and for eternal life. That happens one time. They are filled by the Spirit. But that does not mean we don't have to repent and believe constantly. Our life is a continual, as Martin Luther said, life of repentance and faith, a turning and trusting, turning and trusting, turning and trusting, abiding and remaining in the love of Jesus. Key number two, obedience. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then down in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now we have to remember the order here. It doesn't start with obedience. Now it includes obedience. But remember what we've already said. As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. The key to an obedient Christian life, the key to personal holiness, the key to sanctification, the key to growing in the likeness of Christ is remaining and abiding in the love of Christ. The love of Christ for us precedes our loving obedience for him. But then when we truly, when we truly have the life of Christ flowing in us, when we are truly tapped into the true vine, when we are truly united to Christ through, through repentance and faith, when we're truly brought into Jesus, then we begin to bear the fruit of obedience. We do what Jesus says, not perfectly, but increasingly, not sinlessly, but faithfully. The, 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 the growth of our Christian life is not that we become sinless, but that we over time begin to sin less and less. That what we think, what we desire, and what we do begin to align with who Jesus is and what Jesus has said. Number three, joy. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. He, notice he says, my joy. See, Jesus is eternally happy. He is the eternally joyful God. Father, Son, and Spirit, eternally delighted. That, that There's no joy that God does not already possess. He didn't get more joy than he already had by creating us. He didn't get more joy than he already had by redeeming us. Instead, we were the ones who got the joy. He says that my joy may be in you and your joy would be full. It's not that God needed joy. It's that he had joy and we needed joy. He, we, we needed the, 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 the happiness. And, the, and, and sometimes we, we say the word happiness and we think, oh, well, that's different than joy. And I, I understand why people say that because happiness is sort of like this sense of a fleeting emotion. And joy is this deep-seated deep contentment and, and, uh, in God. But I, I think there's a sense in which we, we, we kind of dismiss the fact that God wants us to live a joyful life. And too often Christians live like they're drinking lemonade that doesn't have enough sugar in it. And they're sour and they're angry and they're afraid. We should be overflowing because Jesus' joy has been poured into us. 
the eternally happy God has poured into our hearts his joy. He said these things so that his joy may be in us and our joy may be complete. Now, of course, in this life, our joy will never be complete. But one day, one day, it will be. Is your friendship with Jesus, is your relationship with Jesus a joyful one? Not a got to, but a get to. Not a burden, but a blessing. Is he the one who gives delight to your heart? Fourth, community. Fourth key of true friendship is community. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. So you see the, the progression here. Love, Jesus' love, Father's love for Jesus, Jesus' love for us, remain in his love, obey, rejoice and be full of his joy, and then love one another. That this love for one another flows from this place of remaining in the love of Jesus, obeying Jesus, being full of the joy of Jesus, so that we can then build the authentic community that we talk about so often in our church. To truly love one another as he has loved us. A, a church is supposed, you know, sometimes church feels sort of like this rock concert. You go, you attend, you sing, you hear this message, and then you leave. But it's supposed to be a lot more like a family cookout or, or a party than it is like this impersonal entertainment show. You don't just show up, get entertained, and leave. You're a part of a community. True friendship. Number five, sacrifice. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. This is the cost to Jesus for our friendship, his own life. The first Captain America, there's this scene before Steve Rogers takes the superhero serum and uh, they, they throw a grenade, it's a, it's a dud, but nobody knows that, into this group of people. And everybody scatters, the tough, the bold, the brave, the brash. They scatter and they fight to save themselves. And at the end, there's this scattered circle. And in the middle, there's this scrawny kid grabbing onto the grenade saying, get away, get away. And that's when they knew this is the guy. This is the guy we're going to give this serum to because this is a person who understands what friendship is. This is a person who understands what it means to sacrifice for those around you. That's what Jesus, how much more, <laughs> this is what Jesus has done for us to lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5, 8, it says that, in, that God loved us while we were his enemies. So it's not even that we were his friends but that we would become his friends. We were not yet his friends, but he died to make us his friends. This is the great love that Jesus has to bring us into friendship by giving his life for his friends. Number six, knowledge. I do not call you friends anymore. Excuse me. <laughs> I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. 
we, we talked about this and we all kind of get this true friendship is is not just having fun although that's part of it it is a sense of loyalty presence intimacy and safety that's someone who knows you and loves you and jesus is giving them access to his very heart to who he is he's he's not just commanding them he's communing with them they're not just slaves they're friends I think too many Christians operate from the slave mentality, the servant mentality, where they view their relationship with God as one of a begrudging or dutiful obedience. And yes, we must obey, and obedience is not always fun, but we must understand that this, that, that this, is, this flows from a place of friendship and love. It's what you do when you're friends with Jesus. Thomas Aquinas says, the true sign of friendship is that a friend reveals the secrets of his heart to his friend. Since friends have one mind and heart, it doesn't seem that what one friend reveals to another is placed outside his own heart. Jesus is giving us his own self. He's showing us himself, not just telling us what to do, but giving us access to who he is. Seventh, appointment. You did not cho choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. We didn't choose Jesus any more than a child chooses their parents. He chose us for the foundation of the world. God chose us. And this is love, not that we love God, but God loved us. He chose us, not for any good that we have done, not because he foresaw that we would first choose him. We love him and we choose him because he first loved us and first chose us. Jesus, you think about that. He chose you to be his friend. If you are a Christian, Jesus picked you to be his friend when he didn't have to. And if that doesn't help you, I don't know what will. He chose you to be his friend. And then it says that he appointed them, he sent them to go to bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. And in the context here, in the context of friendship, in the context of sending, that he's sending us, in the context of the whole book of John, I think what he's talking about and, and what, what many biblical commentators have noted is that he's talking about mission to go and bear fruit that's not just to go and live a christian life although that's part of it it's to go and make disciples the fruit that he wants us to bear is the fruit of those who were not friends with jesus but now are because of our friendship with jesus eighth now I know I said seven keys to true friendship. So why is the eighth one? Well, because the eighth one is the first one, is the main one, love. This is what I command you. Love one another. The first key is love. The last key is love. The main key is love. The first key 
So fathers love me, so I loved you. Remain in my love. Now love one another. This is the key of true friendship with Jesus is his love for us, our love in return, and then the way that that love spreads from us to others. This is the key of true friendship, love. So what now? What do you do with this? First, become a friend of Jesus. Turn from your sin and trust in his life, crucifixion on the cross, burial and resurrection, so that if you turn from your sin and trust in him, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven and given eternal life. Decide today, decide right now to become a friend of Jesus. Second, become a friend to others. Um, and I think we need to think of this in two ways. If you're a part of our church um, or part of a church, the, 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 the circle of friendship that we first think about is the friendships in our local church. This is what we mean when we talk about authentic community. That's one of our values as a church. One commentator says the love of God for Christians becomes the love of God between Christians. This participation in the love of God creates a Christian relationship, a Christian friendship. Such friends are not casual acquaintances, but are in the life-sharing and life-giving relationship that finds expression in a cumulative life together. We, we, we see this in our church. We got folks who reach out to one another, care for one another, text one another, pray for one another. Bring, bring meals to one another. So, so what do you do? Be a friend. Be a friend. Don't think, oh, I have my friends and then I have my church. No. Think of your church. Those are your friends. Your friends with Jesus together. Be a friend. How would you treat a friend? Well, r- reach out to the people in your church community that way. Practice hospitality, sharing life, play dates. Be a friend. Be a friend to those in our church community. Be a, be a friend to your neighbors. Not, not because those people are projects, but because they're people. They're not just targets for your missionary efforts. They're not just uh, contacts or prospects for whatever (laughs) we've all been in a situation where we thought someone wanted to be our friend and they really actually just wanted to sell us something don't be like that be a friend and true friend cares and loves a brother's loves at all times and is born for adversity there's a mexican student who was um uh gave this testimony that I thought just was very convicting. In Mexico, they, the Christians, came and they wanted to be my friends but they, because they wanted to do missions to me. But when I moved to the United States, no one wanted to be my friend. Well, it shouldn't be that way. We don't relate 
to projects or prospects, but to people. You know, I told you in the beginning of this message about uh, the fact that often as we grow into out of young adulthood into full adulthood into middle age, we begin to thin out the, the depth and the quality of our friendships. But it doesn't have to be that way. And uh, George Clooney didn't want it to be that way. And, and this is a really interesting story. I'm going to read this story to you. Um, Clooney said, Amal and I had just met, but we weren't dating. That's his now wife. I was a single guy, and all of us were aging, he and his friends. I was 52 or something, and most of my friends are older than me. That was 2013. His movie Gravity was just about to come out, and because they didn't want to pay us, they gave us percentages of the movie because they thought it was going to be a flop, and that ended up being a very good deal. The movie made $750 million. So he had some money, though. Um, not as much as he has now. He's, he's, he's even richer now, which is, I think, pretty interesting. Um, in, in 2013, he didn't have a family or any real idea or hope that someday he would. Quote, and I thought, what do I, what I do have are these guys who've all, over a period of 35 years, helped me in one way or another. I've slept on their couches when I was broke. They loaned me money when I was broke. They, they helped me when I needed help over the years, and I've helped them over the years. We're all good friends, and I thought, you know, without them, I wouldn't have any of this. And we're all really close. And I just thought, basically, if I get hit by a bus, they're all in my will. So why am I waiting to get hit by a bus? Um, so what he did is he found out that there was this undisclosed location in Los Angeles that was basically just pallets of cash. And he took a van that said florist on it, no joke, with one assistant. And he bought these expensive designer bags and he put a million dollars in cash into 14 of the des these designer bags. And he had all his friends come over to his house. And quote, he said, I held up a map and just pointed to all the places I got to go in the world and all the things I've gotten to see because of them. And I said, how do you repay people like that? And he said, oh, well, how about a million bucks? And he gave each of these longtime good friends a million dollars in cash in a duffel bag. God designed us for friendship. He designed us for friendship with him through Jesus. And he gives us much more than a million dollars in a duffel bag. And when we experience friendship with him, we can be true friends with one another.